Welcome back to the 3rd and 15 podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Timmerman. And this past weekend of college football was surprisingly good. Um, we didn't get a lot on really anything on Thursday. Didn't get a lot on Friday. I actually went out to a high school game. Folks, if you love football, no matter what area you're in, I would recommend you at least once or twice a season, find you a, a high school football game to go to. It's just a, it's a fun atmosphere. Uh, support your local teams. You know, if you've got kids in school, even if they're not at the high school level, find a high school that they might go to, and just start supporting those teams. Get out there. It's a fun atmosphere. It's fun to see these kids play. It's fun to see the excitement of kids that are that are experiencing these moments under the lights for the first time. I, I can't recommend it enough. But I went out to a game between Rutland and Westside here in Macon. Uh, Westside absolutely dominated Rutland. Uh, some really cool plays. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that, that was a good time. Uh, Saturday, it really started right out of the gate with, with Alabama and Texas. Uh, I was doubtful that, that Texas could hang with Alabama. I thought we would, um, we would see Alabama come out. We'd see Texas come out, put up a fight for a couple minutes, and then and Alabama would just erase them. And that just didn't happen. Quite frankly, uh, the final line wasn't bad for Bryce Young. Uh, 27 of 39 for 213 passing yards and a touchdown. He also had a good day on the ground, seven carries for 38 yards. And while those numbers aren't big, he did have some really big runs in the second half. But for most of the game, frankly, he didn't look good. It reminded me a lot of the Auburn game last year uh, where he really wasn't good for most of the game, simply put. And then he had a couple of drives late that you get the, oh, this is why he's the Heisman. This is why he's the greatest player in the world. And again, I, he would have been my Heisman pick last year, but because of what he did against Georgia. After the Auburn game, he was not my Heisman pick. Um, and this game kind of reminded me of that. The, the Texas defense, I thought, did an excellent job against Alabama. Um, Alabama's leading rusher was um, Jace McClellan. He ran the ball six times for 97 yards and a touchdown, but that touchdown was a an 81-yard run. And I, it's hard to say, oh, well, you take that 81-yard touchdown out and they didn't have a great day because it's an 81-yard touchdown run. But the rest of the day, they didn't run the ball well. Uh, Alabama, let's see, ran the ball 24 times for 164 yards. That's 6.7 yards per rush. But you take that 81 out, the other 23 carries, it was 23, it was 100, uh, or it was 80 yards on 23 carries. That comes out to 3.47, 3.48 yards per carry. So for the rest of the day, other than that one run, the Alabama running game was kept in check. Uh, and Bryce Young, like I said, 213 yards through the air. So the offense just didn't have a good day for Alabama. Texas did a good job of controlling the ball. Uh, and and really, it, it felt like that, but it was about even. 30 minutes and 44 seconds for Texas. Uh, 29 minutes and 16 seconds for Alabama. Texas only had 79 yards on the ground. They had 292 yards through the air. Um. But the big story of the day was was Quinn Ewers going down. Quinn, the Ohio State transfer, he's a he was the starting quarterback for Texas. 
In the first quarter, he went 9 for 12 for 134 yards. He had no touchdowns, but the deep ball was so there for Texas that it kind of seemed to catch the receivers off guard how open they were a couple of times. Um, Alabama got away with a big pass interference on a touchdown pass in the first quarter. Um, And then Quinn Ewers got hurt. And a quarter that looked like Texas really had an opportunity to score a bunch of points and just didn't quite connect, they came away with three points. And then they ended up losing 20-19. to 19. But I, I really feel like, because all day the deep ball was open, Hudson Card came in and he was he was fine for Texas. He was hurt. Uh, still went 14-22 for 158 yards. And still ran six times for eight yards, but he had a 20-yard first down run in the second half that just was so gutsy. Because it was kind of funny. The announcers were talking um, kind of the uh, play before that, Card just looked like a statue. He looked like he could not get out of the backfield if you gave him a head start. Just his leg, something was wrong with his legs, on his knee or ankle or something. He was just hobbling big time. And the announcers were saying, you know, Hudson Card, he just, he can't even move right now. He's kind of a sitting duck back there because he just, he can't get around on those legs. And then the next play, he takes off for 20 yards on a scramble. So that was kind of funny. But the deep ball was there even for him. He just doesn't have the arm Ewers does. You know, Ewers is a five-star guy, a recent five-star guy, and he's kind of another level than Hudson Card, arm strength-wise. There were some passes, even with when Card was in there, that the receiver had Alabama's secondary beat deep, and they just couldn't connect. Um, but I, I still think if, if Ewers stays in the game, I think we're talking about a, a maybe a two-score win for Texas. But he didn't. Alabama escapes 20 to 19. That was a thrilling way to start the Saturday. And and things kind of stayed up from there. Um, Arkansas beats South Carolina 44 to 30. Wake Forest beats Vanderbilt 45-25. Um where was that big one? I'm trying to find it. You had more, these were the, the big three games here. You had Marshall beating Notre Dame 26-21. Notre Dame's in trouble, folks. Um, in this one, um, Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner went 18-32 of 32 for 201 yards, no touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, they did get back up Drew Pine in there. He threw. He completed three of six passes for 20 yards and a touchdown. That's Notre Dame's only touchdown of the season, only passing touchdown of the season. Um, the offense, now Buckner did have 13 carries for 44 yards and two scores, but the, the Notre Dame offense is in trouble. They lose to Marshall. Marshall was led by um, running back Kalen Leborn. He went 31 carries, 163 yards, and a score. Uh, to kind of lead that offense. 26-21 win for Marshall again. App State takes down number six, Texas A&M. These are two road wins for Sunbelt teams. App State wins 17-14. Their quarterback is Chase Bryce. He went 15-30 for 134 yards and a touchdown. If you're a Clemson fan or if you're uh, really any college football fan, you may remember 2018 Clemson's undefeated national championship season. Uh, four games into the season, Dabo Swinney declares uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starter and not Kelly Bryant, who had led Clemson into the playoffs in 2017. First game after that decision, uh, 
Kelly Bryant, of course, decides to transfer. He ends up going to Missouri. But he's obviously not available because if he played more than that next game, he can't transfer immediately to Missouri. So, uh, first drive, I think, first couple of drives, definitely in the first quarter, Trevor Lawrence takes a head, a shot to the head and uh, can't return. Chase Bryce comes in. Was the third string back. Now he's playing against Syracuse. And I've said it before, that Syracuse team was good. That Syracuse team finished 10-2. and two, And if they beat that Clemson team, they would have represented the ACC Atlantic in the ACC championship game that year. Um, but Chase Bryce leads Clemson. Chase Bryce and uh, Travis Etienne lead Clemson to victory in that game. And the rest is history. Clemson goes on, goes undefeated, uh, beats Alabama for the national championship. But Chase Bryce, he's now the quarterback at App State. Uh, he spent some time elsewhere. I'm trying to remember where he went. Uh, it was not, um, was not Northwestern. That was Hunter Johnson. Where did Chase Bryce go after he left Clemson? Was it straight to App State? No, it was Duke. That's right. Went to Duke for a year. Um, didn't have a great year there. Had a good year for App State last year. 242 completions out of 390 attempts. That's good for 62% completion rating. Uh, 30 or 3,337 yards, 27 touchdowns, 11 picks. Not a bad year at all for App State. Um, but big win over Texas A&M. You know, I've, I have said that I think... Jimbo Fisher is on the hot seat. I think that he's got to win this year. Uh, somehow he has some. Uh, uh, they negotiated a contract with him where he is almost unfireable. He doesn't just have a buyout. They'd have to pay out the rest of his eight, ten-year contract, whatever it is. Um, so he is almost locked in at that job. But if they can find a way out, you, you got to wonder because if he's losing to App State, he's still got ahead of him. And it wasn't just they lost App State. App State, frankly, looked like the better team. Um, I didn't feel like Texas A&M played terrible. App State just played better. But they've got Miami this week. We're going to talk more about that. They've got number 10 Arkansas on September 24th. Then Mississippi State. Then number 2 Alabama, uh, which, again, they didn't look great. Then South Carolina. Then number 20 Ole Miss. Then number 18 Florida. (laughs) Then... They close out with Auburn, UMass, and LSU. So they, they've got several, you know, if you start thinking if they're not good enough to beat App State, if that wasn't just a, a blip, an aberration, <laughs> what's next? Uh, what's, how many of those games are also losses um, is what I would be wondering. Um, and there was a, there was a third Sun Belt win, or uh, yeah, there was a third Sun Belt win on Saturday. What was it? Um, we had App State, we had Marshall. Who was the third big win? Oh, Georgia Southern beat Nebraska 45 to 42. I watched a little bit of that one. Good win for the Eagles. That's that's a fun win. And then Scott Frost got fired. So that's the first of my five coaches on the hot seat. We talked about Jimbo. The first to get fired was Scott Frost. And if my understanding is correct of his contract, that is a very noteworthy decision. The accountants at Nebraska are, are upset because apparently they reworked the deal. What it explained to me, similar deal to what Jim Harbaugh got last year where uh, they gave him a little bit of an extension so he got more years on his deal, but 
there was a parachute clause where after October 1st of this year, his buyout shrunk significantly. So they could have saved some money if they had just waited to fire him after October 1st. But they fired him after this past weekend, meaning they'll pay his full um, his full buyout, which is such an interesting decision. And I wonder, you know, they're not in the Ohio State uh, division of the Big Ten. They're in the other one, the West, I think it is. So they have Oklahoma this weekend. They're probably going to lose that game. But once you've lost to Georgia Southern and Northwestern, uh, Oklahoma, that game, it doesn't matter. You're either going to win the Big Ten or you're not. And you, if you win the Big Ten, you're in the Rose Bowl. If you don't win the Big Ten, you're not going to the Rose Bowl. There's no there's no playoffs for them now. Um, and there's probably not a at-large New Year's Six Bowl for them now. So Oklahoma, that game doesn't matter. Um, they're going to try to play it. But, you know, m- maybe you're hoping to get the um, get the new coach spark in that game on this Saturday at noon. Um but if not, you got the next week off, and then on October 1st, you start your, your Big Ten schedule. You're they're the meat of your Big Ten schedule. You've already played Northwestern, but you've got Indiana, and then Rutgers, and then Purdue, and then Illinois, and then Minnesota, and none of those games, even as bad as Nebraska's been, none of those are world beaters. They're all unranked, and none of them are really knock, knock, knocking on that door to get ranked, even though uh, Indiana and Rutgers and Minnesota are all 2-0. and None of those are, are teams that we really think – you know what? A motivated Nebraska team couldn't beat those teams. So maybe the athletic department looked and said, "Hey, we're we're willing to we're willing to sacrifice that money. We're willing to sacrifice and go ahead and fire him and get this momentum because if they've lost to Northwestern and they've lost to Georgia Southern and they've lost to Oklahoma and they're going into a bye week, which normally would be." where you'd think about firing him, and you haven't done it, all the players, all the assistants, Scott Frost himself, they all know that you're just waiting on that date to cross. So how are they going to play against Indiana if that's the case? They're going to play very poorly. So it may just be that they know they're going to do it, and so they felt like it was the fairest thing to this team to give them a fresh start and see what they can do with a bulk of their Big Ten schedule still ahead of them. Um, So... Interesting decision, but he was the the first to go. So those are your three Sun Belt wins, and that that's just so much fun. Three Sun Belt wins over three Power Five teams, uh, two of which were ranked in the top ten. So big weekend for the Sun Belt. Kudos to all of those folks. Uh, I know it's, it's a big exciting time for some of those programs, especially with with Clay Hilton and Georgia Southern. They've they've turned around the offense, and they're really flinging the ball all over the yard now in a way that they really never have, at, at least not successfully. Um. So that's that Tennessee-Pitt was a game I really thought Pitt was going to beat Tennessee. That would have been my pick for an upset. Somehow Tennessee was a few-point favorite, but those folks in uh, folks in Vegas knew what they were doing. Uh, Tennessee wins in overtime 34-27 to over Pitt. Um, big day for Hennon Hooker. He's looked really good, folks. He is uh, sitting on 45 of 67 for 546 passing yards and four touchdowns. Um I think he's probably got some some rushing under his belt too. 20 carries for 39 yards and two scores. So he's already accounted for seven scores, no interceptions, or six scores, no interceptions. So big day for Hendon Hooker on Saturday. He went 27 of 42 for 325 passing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, his big receiver was Cedric Tillman, 
who caught nine receptions for 162 yards and a score. Uh, Pitt wasn't wasn't terrible. Uh, Keaton Slovis, 14-24, 195 yards and a touchdown and a score. Uh, rushing, I'm going to butcher this name, Israel Apanaconda, I believe is how you say it. Apanaconda, I mis, uh, mispronounced that first syllable there. He had a big day, 25 carries, 154 yards and a score. But Tennessee comes out on top. They're 2-0 and, and, and two pretty impressive wins, especially this one over Pitt. Uh, we have Ball State, 59-10. That's that's just more showcasing of their offense. But Pitt's a tough, gritty team uh, coming off that win over West Virginia. took a bad loss to Kansas on Saturday, um, which there's another one of our hot seat coaches, Neil Brown at West Virginia. How, how long are they going to hang on to him? He's, he's 0-2. We talked about wanting to get a good start from them, and they got the exact opposite of that. Kansas wins 55-40-2. 55 to 42 over West Virginia in overtime on Saturday. Um, JT Daniels 28 to 40 for 365 yards, three touchdowns and a pick, but it wasn't enough. And uh, that's that is tough for the Mountaineers. You want to see better than that for them. Washington State goes to Wisconsin and gets the big 17 to 14 win. Let's see if there's anything else I really want to talk about. Georgia steamrolls Stanford 33 to nothing. Um, Texas Tech knocks off Houston. We're going to talk a little bit about Texas Tech later and their game coming up this week. But Houston's a ranked team, 25. They were ranked number 25 in the country. Texas Tech gets a interesting day from their quarterback, Donovan Smith. He goes uh, 36 of 58 for 350 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks. But they get the win. Good for them with a new coach. Um, is there anything else we really want to discuss? I don't think there was. Oh, we do. Kentucky beats Florida 26-16. Folks, I thought Florida looked good, but they went on the road, and you know they're not very good at that. Nope, they were at home. I'm wrong. They were at home. I thought that was a road game. Even worse for them. Kentucky wins 26-16. Anthony Richardson goes 14 of 35 for 143 yards, but two interceptions. Will Levis, 13 of 24, 202 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, Kentucky takes care of business. They're 2-0. They're number 20 in the country. Uh, actually, they're probably higher than that this week. Um, that was last week. So, big win for the Wildcats. See if there's anything else I want to talk about before we move on. USC Stanford. Caught a little of this one. The Caleb Will- Caleb Williams to J- Jalen Addison. Is it Jalen Addison or Jordan Addison? All of a sudden, I'm unsure. It's Jordan. To a Jordan Addison connection looked phenomenal in this game. They, ha- they have... Already established a relationship. Uh, Williams went 20 and 27 for 341 yards and four touchdowns. If he and Addison keep this up, he's already putting his name up there for the Heisman. He's already, you know, if there was any doubt about whether Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison could get out there at Southern Cal and and start anything, they started it. Um, they looked really good as did uh, Travis Dye, who is an Oregon transfer, I believe. Let's double-check that. Yep, he's an Oregon transfer. He had 14 carries for 105 yards and a touchdown as Southern Cal beat Stanford. Uh, Jordan Addison had seven catches for 172 yards and two touchdowns. That's a pit transfer. She got three transfers from three different schools with a new coach, and they are out there wrecking shop like they've all been there forever. Um, so look out for Southern Cal. I may have been a year early on my playoff crash prediction from them. 
Um, I believe that's all I really want to talk about. BYU did beat Baylor 26-20, to but I'm going to touch on BYU a little bit after the break when we talk about this coming weekend's game. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about those games. All right, we are back. So this weekend, similar to last weekend, I really didn't see a whole lot that's you know, none of these games look like instant classics, but we, we thought that last week. Friday night, this is one that, again, I would always recommend you go to high school football. If you're a football fan and you have the ability to get out to a high school game, do it. It's a lot of fun. But if you don't, Florida State-Louisville is on Friday night. It's at Louisville. It's on 730. It's at 730 on ESPN. FSU's 2-0. They, of course, have that big win over LSU. They're gonna. They had a week off last week. If they're gonna build momentum, if they're gonna do something this year and be a force in the ACC, which they haven't been in several years, this is where it starts. Louisville has a really bad loss to Syracuse uh, first week of the season. Uh, they're looking to snap out of that. Louisville has won the last two against Florida State, including a 31 to 23 win last year in Tallahassee. And these Louisville teams haven't been great. And they've been beating. They've beat Florida State two years in a row. FSU is going to want to turn that around. Um, this is where they can really start picking up steam to be treated seriously and to be a team that you know people have to watch out for. Because um, this is this is where it picks up for Florida State. They've got Louisville uh, Friday at seven thirty. The following Saturday, they have Boston College. The Saturday after that, they have Wake then NC State on the 8th, and then Clemson before their bye week. So they have really their whole division. Uh, the only division team they will not have played when they go into their bye week is uh, Syracuse. And that's three ranked opponents coming up starting in October. The, there, there's, that's, a, that's as tough of an ACC October as you're going to have from Florida State when they have Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson back-to-back, and then they close out the month with Georgia Tech, who I'll be curious, they play Ole Miss this weekend. It's that, that's I'm going out of order. That's a 3.30 game on ABC. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but that could be a defining game, uh, not for the national race, but for a couple of conferences and for a couple of programs. But again, that's the first game of the week that, that I'm really interested in. 7.30 on Friday on ESPN, FSU at Louisville, big time in the ACC Atlantic to see can one of those teams step up into that, that top level with Clemson, NC State, and Wake. Next up is Oklahoma-Nebraska. That's the big noon. Uh, Oklahoma um, getting a lot of production from Marvin Mims, the wide receiver. Dylan Gabriel... Oklahoma's number six in the country. Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback, is 36 of 51 for 579 yards, five touchdowns and no scores, or five touchdowns and no interceptions, excuse me. But of those 36 catches, 10 are Marvin Mims. Of those 579 yards, 244 are Marvin Mims. Of those five touchdowns, two are Marvin Mims. So he's doing a lot of the work for Oklahoma after uh, Hazelwood left and went to Arkansas and uh, Caleb Williams left, the quarterback, and he's at Southern Cal. They're leaning on Marvin Mims, and so far he's he's held up his end of the bargain. Uh, so that's the big noon game. I, I don't think Nebraska can do anything for him, but they've got a lot of transfers and a lot of interesting parts. Starting with their quarterback, uh, Thompson. 
I'm be, I would be interested to see how they look. Do I think they're going to beat Oklahoma? No, but they were close to beating Oklahoma last year. So, we'll see. I'll be interested to see how that game looks. I'll probably peek in on that one. Uh, 2.30 on NBC's Cal at Notre Dame. I never would have thought coming into this game we'd be looking at 2-0 Cal, 0-2 Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman has to win this game. Notre Dame has to win this game for Marcus Freeman or things are going to get cranked to 11 and we're going to see a a first-year coach on the hot seat. He he just can't go 0-3. He just can't. Notre Dame has too many tough games coming down the road to start out 0-3. I think they'll win. But they've got to find something on offense. Like I said, Tyler Buckner's their starting quarterback through two games. He has no passing touchdowns. And that's against Ohio State, who in the past has been susceptible to, to passing. You know, they're they're a good defense, but they haven't been a great defense in a while. And and then Marshall. They couldn't find the end zone in the passing game against Marshall. So that's a troubling game for Cal. Or for Notre Dame, excuse me. The next one up is 330 on Fox, number 12 BYU against somehow number 25 Oregon. I, I guess they just wanted to rank Oregon. I, I don't know what they've done to, to warrant that, but that's where they are, and uh, we're just we're just going to deal with it. They didn't ask me. They didn't ask you, so we're just going to have to deal with it. We'll get through it together, I think. Um, <laughs> BYU is tough. It's tricky. BYU... That's the team, if you're looking for the, who's the Cincinnati for this year? Who's the team that can step up and get in the playoffs from outside of the Power Five? And it's BYU. They've already got a win over South Florida. They got a big two-overtime win over Baylor last week um, that we didn't actually talk about much. That's a a big win for them. Um, They're led by quarterback Jaron Hall, 48 of 71 for 522 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. But... They've already got the win over then top 10 Baylor. Oregon is ranked. Of course, if they lose to BYU, they won't be because they're number 25. But Oregon's also a team that they've got the pedigree. They string a few wins together. They're always going to climb back in the rankings. We saw that. Uh, They got absolutely smashed by Georgia in the opener. Uh, They beat up on Eastern Washington last weekend, and here they are right back in the rankings. Um, But BYU has Oregon. Then they've got Notre Dame on October 8th, which... You know, <laughs> we'll see how much that matters by then. October 15th, they've got number 10, Arkansas. And then they also have Stanford to close out the season. So this is a team, and then they've got Boise State and uh, Liberty and East Carolina and Utah State and Wyoming. You know, not great programs, but those are teams that have won some games in recent years. So I think they've got the resume um, that if, if they go undefeated, they're already in the top 10. That's what I'm saying. They're already in the top 10. BYU could be a team that sneaks into the playoffs with some of these resume-building wins that they potentially got on the schedule. But lose to Oregon on Saturday, and none of that matters. Oregon is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, Godspeed to you if you're choosing to bet on that. Okay. I told you that the 330 slot is interesting. Two matchups, we just don't get a lot. Penn State is at Auburn. Uh, they have played a couple of times over the last couple of years, but that's not, you know, it's not like, you know, it feels like Oklahoma and Nebraska play every year. I'm sure they don't, but it feels like it. Uh, Clemson and Georgia have played regularly enough over the last 10 years that it, it feels pretty normal. 
Um, trying to think of some of the others that we just it just feels like we see. Uh, Penn State Auburn's not one of them. Ole Miss Georgia Tech certainly not one of them. Three thirty on CBS for Penn State Auburn. Three thirty on ABC for Ole Miss Georgia Tech. That feels like a game that would be massive for Auburn to win. But Penn State also needs it if they want to do something. They're 2-0. If they want to contend for the playoffs, they, they need to win this game at Auburn. Uh, they've beaten Purdue and Ohio. <clears throat> so, not Ohio State, regular Ohio. The green one, not the red one. Um, and then Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. Ole Miss is 2-0 to start the season. They've got wins over Troy and Central Arkansas, which, hey, Troy's a Sunbelt team, and they beat them, so that deserves some bonus points, I think. Um, but I don't think I can rule out Georgia Tech beating Ole Miss. They, they, I saw some things I really liked against Clemson. Um, they played Western Carolina last week, 135-17. That's not an incredibly impressive win. But I just saw some flashes, some flashes of things on both sides of the ball that <clears throat> if Ole Miss is not on top of things, I, I wouldn't rule out Georgia Tech beating them. Of course, Miss Ole Miss could also just go on and win by a half a hundred and make me look like an idiot. But uh, Ole Miss is the 16.5-point favorite. I'd be real tempted to bet Georgia Tech if I was going to bet. But I'm not going to because betting on college sports feels kind of dumb. Okay. Here is a massive game that not everyone will call a massive game, but I think it is a massive game for the national scene. Texas Tech at NC State. NC State is number 16. Both of these teams are undefeated. We already talked a little bit about Texas Tech. NC State um, barely beat East Carolina in week one, but again, East Carolina is not a Sunbelt team. They're uh, a AAC team. NC State beat the brakes off of Charleston Southern last week, but that doesn't really matter. Devin Leary is 33 of 58 for 449 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, and one interception. He did add two rushing touchdowns last week against Charleston Southern. Um, if NC State wants to be what I said they could be, if they want to be a team that can crash the playoffs, this is a game they have to win, and they have to win emphatically. Um, they need to win by a couple scores at home. They are ten point favorites. They need to they need to cover that. They need to be a you know win by 14 and 17 points. Um and Texas Tech, if they want to make a statement that we're here, the Big 12 ain't going anywhere, and we're gonna be a part of that, these are the kind of games they've got to win. Um so that one I'm super interested in that game. That's at seven on ESPN two. I'm really intrigued by that game. Um, that's again, it's an ESPN two game. It's not one that's going to get huge attention. What is on ESPN at that point is what I want to know. That that one got bumped to ESPN two. I don't see anything, so they must be. Uh, I don't know. They must be covering bowling or something. I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> and then we wrap it up. The last game of the evening for me is. 9 o'clock, Miami at Texas A&M. Texas A&M, they need this one. Um, they've struggled offensively, at least last week they did, against App State. Miami is 2-0, led by Tyler Van Dyke, 33-45, passing 454 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. 
Henry Parrish Jr. is lead running back, 37 carries, 217 yards, four touchdowns. These are the kind of games we've gone over it. Miami <clears throat> is not the favorite, but they're the 2-0 team. Texas A&M is the 5.5-point favorite. Miami's the 2-0 team. This is a winnable game. This would be a big statement for Miami, a big statement within the ACC and for the ACC for them to go on the road and beat Texas A&M. And if they don't, it's really bad for the conference. It's really bad for Miami because App State just did it. This is not an unbeatable Texas A&M team. App State just did it. And if Miami wants to, to be back, if Miami with Mario Cristobal wants to speed up this you know, rebuilding process, they got to win this game on Saturday. Um, I think they can. I th- I, if I was picking a team, I'd pick Miami to win it. Um, but it's also possible that Texas A&M fears out everything this week. They have a fallacious week of practice and they win. Um, but I think Miami wins that one. So that's my rundown of the games I like this week. Um, there's lots of games, but things seem to be picking up slowly this season. We're, we're not at the frenzied pace of big, impactful matches. Now, like I said, last week we had a great weekend of, of college football, but it was a lot of weird games. It was Texas A&M, App State. It was – it it just – I maybe when, when once we get into the meat of the conference schedules, uh, we'll settle in a little bit. But it's just an interesting start to the season, and that continues this Saturday. So, folks, find me on Twitter at jtimm six eight four. Follow me. I might start doing some video content. Um, if you're listening, if you're somebody who listens to the podcast and uh, you'd be interested in seeing some video, I'm thinking maybe on Saturdays I do have a TikTok, uh, but I, I would post those those videos to Twitter. Um, at JTIMM684. And maybe I'll just do some quick hit, vi- quick hit video reactions to, to some of these games if I, if I feel like it. Like Alabama, Texas would have been one I would have dropped a quick reaction on while it was still fresh in my mind. Um, but just let me know if that's something you'd be interested in, if that's something you would follow along for. Um, but until, you know, we'll do this again next week. And until then, have a good one.